It is Friday, January 20th, and this is People Every Day. Happy Friday, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. And just like you, I am ready for the weekend. We have a story that feels like a blast from the past, but has a special place in my heart. Carol Baskin, yes, the Carol Baskin from Tiger King fame is back in the news and we may finally have some clarity or not on what happened to her ex-husband. And later on, we are joined by the incredibly talented Storm Reed. You know her and love her as the little sister to Zendaya's character on HBO's Euphoria. And she's stopping by to talk about her new film, Missing, in which she stars alongside Nia Long. It looks suspenseful, amazing. I can't wait to see it. So much to get to. So let's kick things off with some of today's big headlines. Wishing he could fly by only to trip at the sound of goodbye. That was Helplessly Hoping by the legendary trio Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And yesterday, the world said goodbye to David Crosby. Yesterday, the Crosby family released a statement saying the legendary member of bands like Birds and Crosby, Stills, and Nash died at age 81. The statement read in part, It is with great sadness after a long illness that our beloved David Cross Crosby has passed away and went on to add his legacy will continue to live on through his legendary music. Since news of Crosby's death, fans and music industry peers have taken to social media to show love and mourn the legendary rocker, including close friend Melissa Etheridge. Not too long ago, Crosby was revealed to be the sperm donor for Etheridge and her then-partner Julie Cipher's children, Bailey, who's 25, and Beckett, who passed away in 2020 at the age of 21 after struggling with opioid addiction. Back in 2018, the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer opened up to people about his ups and downs, sharing that music was the thing that kept him going. Quote, it's the one contribution I can make. See, it's dark out here now. The world is not a happy place. Music's a lifting force. Music makes things better. Uh, He is survived by wife Jan Dance and his children, sons Django and James, and daughters Erica and Donovan. On another somber note, late yesterday evening, Oscar winner Regina King took to Instagram to share a moving tribute to her son, Ian, on what would have been his 27th birthday. The One Night in Miami director shared a video of an orange sky lantern in honor of her son. The caption read in part, January 19th is Ian's worth day. As we still process his physical absence, we celebrate his presence. We are all in different places on the planet. So is Ian. King's caption continued with, quote, I see you in everything I breathe. My absolute favorite thing about myself is being Regina, the mother of Ian. Oh, King spent most of 2022 out of the spotlight, including foregoing the Met Gala, of which she was set to be one of the co-chairs. This is the first time King has posted to her Instagram since her son Ian's death. He died one year ago today, the day after his 26th birthday. Ian was King's only child, whom she shared with her ex-husband, record producer Ian Alexander Sr. King previously told people that he was, quote, an amazing young man who was following in his father's footsteps in the music industry. Our hearts go out to Regina King and all of Ian Alexander's loved ones, as I'm sure today is a very difficult day. And now, it's time to turn our attention to the most famous cat lady in America and the renewed interest in the mysterious disappearance of her former husband. You know who I'm talking about. 
Hey, you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> the next story made my jaw drop when I saw it. I ran to get my tea and leopard print robe and just dig in. Let me fill you in. There is a recently resurfaced interview from 2021 of Carol Baskin, who you all know from Netflix's Tiger King, saying her ex-husband, Don Lewis, is still alive. Yep, you heard that right. As we learned in the show that got us all through the onset of the pandemic, Don had a boatload of money and disappeared six years after he married Carol and was declared dead in 2002. But there's now a chance that could not be the case. What? Let's break this down because my head is spinning. <laughs> Joining me now to discuss this truly wild story is People's Executive Editorial Director, Charlotte Triggs. Hey, Jean, how you doing? <laughs> well, let's catch people up to speed here. When Tiger King first came out, there was so much speculation that Carol was involved in her husband's presumed death. Thanks a lot to Joe Exotic making it his mission <laughs> to say that. But uh, remind us what all happened here. Why do we even know who Carol Baskin is? Obviously, the Tiger King documentary that came out right at the beginning of 2020 put her on the map, basically. But like in the world of big cats, she was a big deal already and very famous, actually, as was this guy, Joe Exotic. So she runs a big cat sanctuary in Florida. And we don't need to maybe recap the whole battle between her and Joe Exotic. But bottom line, she went after him because he was running a for-profit thing. And then he got pissed off and started making all these videos attacking her and in order to kind of undermine her credibility and keep his own business going. It's a big cat fight. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> he put forth this theory that she had murdered her husband and had fed him to her big cats. Okay. Oh so it's like, apparently he'd like gone through the meat grinder or something. And then she fed her husband's like sausagey flesh to her tigers. All right. And of course... She disputes that, obviously, very much so. And this all went into litigation and stuff like that. But the thing is, so this documentary did go into the suspicious disappearance. And there's a lot of people that find Carol very suspicious mm. and, and, and found it to be not necessarily like there's no smoking gun, clearly, because nobody's ever pressed charges against her. And he was legally declared dead years later. But it's like the husband's first family, they find her to be a bit of a yeah, cagey character. It, it, was, it was Joe Exotic, but... A lot of other people, fans of the show, including, like, came out of the woodworks to say, like, hmm, I don't know about this, Carol. So, so to say, like, something's not adding exactly. up. Exactly. Again, remind everyone what was the deal with his disappearance and why people even felt they could say these things about her. Yeah, I mean, this has been sketchy from the beginning, and there's always been questions from, like, all sides. But he disappeared in 1997. And there's one version of events where he basically left her and abandoned her, left her with the big cats in the sanctuary in Tampa and flew a small plane to Costa Rica. But then in the documentary, they got into whether or not that kind of small plane could possibly even make the journey, but didn't have enough fuel capabilities to like make it that far. And it just seemed like super sketchy. And the bottom line is nobody knows what happened to this guy. And he just disappeared. Mm. Well, let's flash forward to this resurfaced interview from two years ago when Tiger King 2 came out. There was a theory Lewis was alive because producers showed documents allegedly from the Department of Homeland Security purporting Lewis's whereabouts in Costa Rica. So now we have to point out that we don't know if these documents are real or not. But what did Carol have to say about all of this? I can't believe that this interview happened so long ago and it didn't like get any attention. But she basically 
believes that he is alive and said like, oh yeah, I've talked about this like 60 times. And it's like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand <laughs> what is going on here. I mean, I will say as, you know, somebody with relatives in Costa Rica, it's not some like mythical place where you can just evaporate into thin air. Like people there have addresses and bank accounts yeah. and like cell phones and stuff like that. There's also, especially for like foreigners there, there's only so many places that like a foreigner would really like set up shop and stuff like that. So like, I don't know, it wouldn't really be that hard to figure out. Okay. Well, if he's potentially still alive, emphasis on potentially, is there still a missing persons case for him? This is real sketchy. So there is still an open missing persons case for him in Hillsborough County. And the sheriff's office, uh, upon the revival of this news cycle, like did comment and say that they still consider him to be missing, but that they haven't gotten any communication from any federal agency to indicate that this guy's whereabouts are totally known. So this just to me is even weirder. Like it, it just gets stranger and stranger. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Oh my God, this story has nine lives <laughs> and we're still talking about it in 2023. <laughs> well, there are more developments on this to come. The team here at People will surely keep you updated. And Charlotte, not a cat lady, but a wonderful <laughs> deliverer of news on this story. Oh. Thank you so much. Why, thank you. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, we are sitting down with the incredibly talented Storm Reed. We talk all about her new film, Missing, and what it was like to work with Nia Long on this thrilling project. But first, you know what day it is. It's New Music Friday here on People Every Day. And after the break, we have the latest tracks to add to that weekend playlist. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Well, yesterday was Thursday. Tomorrow is Saturday, which means we are back with another new Music Friday coming your way. Let's kick things off with the woman known for her big personality and her even bigger hair. Dolly Parton turned 77 years young yesterday. Happy belated birthday, Dolly. And while she may be pushing 80, she's still a busy lady. She's got a brand new single out called Don't Make Me Have to Come Down There. I mean, 77 and still putting out show-stopping, toe-tapping, going-to-get-stuck-in-your-head-all-day songs. I love it. Our second song for you to sample is from Twice. The K-pop group released their second English single called Moonlight Sunrise. In 
in a recent interview twice told people that Moonlight Sunrise was inspired by the time they spent with their fans on their last world tour and one special LA night where they were performing and dancing under the moonlight in front of their fans. And as one of the band members told us, they quote, hope that the song can remind our fans of that beautiful night that we had together. End quote. And speaking of late night performances, the always soulful Sam Smith, ooh, I love this person, is performing tomorrow night on Saturday Night Live. The Grammy Award winner joins host Aubrey Plaza for SNL's first show of 2023. And Smith has a brand new single out today that is absolutely heavenly. And it's called Gloria. I mean, those vocals, Sam Smith, Sam Smith, Sam Smith. Although we are only a few days into the new year, my next guest is already off to an exciting start. She's got acclaimed roles, blockbuster movies, hit TV shows, and a lot of black girl magic in the pipeline. Storm Reed, known for her roles in shows like Euphoria and films like A Wrinkle in Time, now stars alongside beloved actress Nia Long in their latest film, Missing. It's an intense action thriller that's all the buzz in Tinseltown. And Storm Reed is here with me now to discuss the making of Missing and how she brought the character to life. So, hey, Storm, welcome to the show and Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Tell me, what did you do to ring it in and and celebrate the onset of 2023? I was in Turks and Caicos with my family. I brought the new year in with my family. We just relaxed, watched the fireworks. We were on the beach. It was a good time. That sounds amazing. (laughs) That sounds so fun. Mm -hmm. Well, congrats on that and on Missing. I mean, I saw the trailer at the movies about a week ago, I think, with my girlfriend, Nigela. And I turned to her and I said, that looks good. This looks really good. (laughs) Thank you. And in it, you play June. And Mm -hmm. she is in a scary situation after her mom, played by Nia Long, doesn't return home. So tell me about booking this part. And did any of your own experiences as a daughter come into play when you were preparing? I'm just so grateful to be a part of this project. Working with Miss Nia was incredible. And then I think, you know, playing June wasn't hard at all. She is a typical teenager just trying to figure it out on a journey of self-discovery. Thankfully, I haven't been put in a position to where my mom goes (laughs) missing, um, but that unconditional love that parents have for their children and that children have for their parents, you'll go to the end of the earth or you'll do anything to be able to make sure that your parent is safe. So that's what June did. And she did it in a clever way. And I don't think I would be able to ever do (laughs) what June did. So I admire her for that. Well, in the film, your character, June, is pretty tech savvy and Mm -hmm. allows her strength in that area to, you know, take her down a rabbit hole in hopes of finding her mom. Are you super tech savvy yourself? I'm not as tech savvy as June, but I can make my way around the Internet. Like I could find (laughs) things if I need to find it. (laughs) Well, what's your secret talent or skill? You know, that's like, you know, if I wasn't acting, I could totally do this. I think. What I wanted to do if I wasn't an actress, I wanted to go to culinary school and cook and be a chef. So I like to cook. I like to bake. So I think I would probably take that seriously. Nice. Well, I want to get into your relationship with Queen Nia Long. Did you two know each other before production began? And what was it like working with her? I knew of her because I grew up watching her things and have been a fan for a really long time. But working with her was amazing. She made me feel so supported and loved on set. 
And we were able to grow a bond and a rapport before getting on set and before Will and Nick called action. So (laughs) I was thankful for that. And I'm just glad to have her in my corner. And she's the sweetest and the most beautiful. She's an icon, legend. So it's (laughs) all the things, all the things. It's just really cool to work with really cool people. Well, we are fresh into the new year, as I said earlier. So during this year of 2020 me, as people are calling it, what is your mantra for this year? And besides this project, like what is the one that you're like, oh, I can't wait for people to see this? Yes. I mean, I'm really excited for people to see The Last of Us. I did an episode of that and I think people are really, really going to enjoy it. It's heartbreaking, but it's just so poetic and gorgeous. I have some other things going on, but I think it's just a year of going with the flow and and seeing what God and the universe has to offer and going to school while working. I'm just excited to be present and be in the moment and take all the moments in. Yeah. How's that going? School and work? It's a challenge, but I have made it very clear to everyone in my life, specifically my team, that pursuing my career and going to school and furthering my education is equally as important. So we just have to figure it out and take it a day at a time. And it can get overwhelming, but thankfully I do have a support system that makes me feel supported and loved and make sure that I don't get overwhelmed. Are you like one of those people that has like everything laid out and you're like ready to study every single day or are you a crammer like I was in college? (laughs) I'm in between. Like, I know what I need to do, but I do procrastinate, but it always gets done. Like, I'm going to procrastinate, but that essay will get written and it will be turned in. So it just depends. And then I just have to say, you are stunning. You are so beautiful. Every time I see you you. on the screen, I like your hair, everything. (laughs) What is your beauty regimen? Oh, I don't think it's anything too fancy. I just stick with my skincare routine. I'm a person who loves to get their nails and toes done. So like every two weeks, you're going to see me at the nail salon. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's just like self-care. So sometimes I might do a mask. I like getting facials just just to keep up with my skin. So, you know, nothing too fancy. Well, before we go, last night at the Golden Globes, Zendaya, your girl, won Best Actress for her role in Euphoria. And she always keeps it real too, on screen and off. So I'm wondering, what was a time that she just kept it super real with you, be it like a straight no chaser advice or whatever it was. Yeah, I always go to her for advice and she's always just super honest, super blunt in the most (laughs) loving, gentle way. But she's still going to tell you how she feels. And I love that because I am a very blunt, straightforward person. Well, Storm, thank you so much for coming on today. And guys, be sure to get your tickets to see Missing in theaters January 20th. Like I told my girl, Nigel, oh, this looks good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, all right, all right. It's Friday. Maybe you're already out of the office or you're just about to finally sign off for the day. Either way, the weekend is here and I'm sure the group text is blowing up with dinners, drinks, brunches, you name it. Group chats are a great way to stay in touch with friends and family. But sometimes they can be a lot, right? And and one dad had to throw in the towel. 23-year-old Allison Durazio shared a screenshot of a text her father Thomas sent to their family group chain explaining that he couldn't handle the pressure of interacting with their every text and photo. The Durazio family group text consists of Thomas, his wife Amy, and two daughters, Allison and Alexa. In a very dad-sounding fashion, Thomas said to the family, quote, 
I can't keep up with the pressure of always having to LOL or like or heart everyone's random thoughts, pics, and amusements for all future texts love them, laugh at them, or like them unless it's bad, then I dislike them in perpetuity. I can't live with this pressure. I'm out. And that sound you just heard, that was the sound of every dad in America grunting in approval of Thomas's decree. His daughter, Allison, tweeted about her father saying that he is, quote, surrounded by a bunch of extroverted girlies, always doing something, and he just loves a simple life. But earlier this week, screenshots of his message went viral. And as of yesterday, one tweet of the image has received over 420,000 likes. Since going viral for just wanting to have to respond less to things, Thomas's phone has been blowing up even more. Allison shared on Twitter that her dad called to tell her that he now, quote, ironically has a million texts to reply to. She also spoke with the Today Show earlier this week talking about her father's plight, adding, quote, he's so kind and engaged with our lives. He's like the perfect human being. And I think it was stressing him out that he can't respond to all of the messages. <laughs> this is so funny to me. And Thomas, wherever you are, I hope you have your notifications turned off. Guys, with that, that's our show for today and for the week. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. And I'll talk to you all on Monday, right here on People Every Day. People Every Day is produced by Chrissy Lindquist, Tony Mantia, Amy Machado, and Madison Lesby. Edited by Morgan Foos, Carter Wogan, Michael Aquino, and Adam Raimunda. And made with the help from Patrick Vermillion, Leah Roth-Barsanti, and the great team at Pod People. People's producers are me, Janine Rubenstein, and Charlotte Triggs. Our show is associate produced by Eliza Sessler and Fallon Harge, and executive produced by David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. <laughs> 